but also the dad, I think he's the worst character of all because he is meant to be a therapist and... <laughs> Until you told me that just now, I forgot he was actually meant to be a therapist. <laughs> and he's like, woman, you're crazy. I'm like, um, that's not great practice. <laughs> you don't start, you don't say the secret. You never say the secret. <laughs> Welcome to the Lockdown Yard Podcast with me, Ed. And me, Charles. Where we discuss all things TV and film. We're not experts or people with deep industry knowledge. We're just fans having a group chat with all of you. So enjoy the show and see you in the Lockdown Yard, baby. Here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Against Against my will... Facing horror once more. You wanted this. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we have our guest here again. We had to talk about these two films with this particular person. Ali, welcome back. Thank welcome you for back. having me. Welcome, Thank welcome. You. Good to be back. I feel honoured. I say I've definitely improved since we last had you on in terms of horror. I've actually made an effort to watch more things myself. Charles, you can attest to that. He's, he's, come, a much, yeah, he's come a yeah. long way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not much of a scaredy cat as I was before because... Uh, but <laughs> it's all down to my new strategy. Mm-hmm. What's that? The new strategy is I strictly only watch horrors in the morning. Uh-huh. Nothing, yes, nothing after midday because in the morning it's still bright outside and there's enough time for something to happen in the day to take my mind off the horror. That's like me and caffeine. Yeah. That's like you and Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> if I watch it in the evening, that's all I have to think about. And then the nightmares begin. So call it cheating, call it whatever. That's my strategy. All right. I'm, I'm just going to call it cheating. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Is that a bubble tea, Charles? Yes, it is. <laughs> the first nice. time. I've never, I've never had a bubble tea. You know what? It's the it's the funniest thing. The first time we're actually doing a video is the first time I've actually taken a bubble tea and been using it during the podcast. <laughs> the fact that I've yeah, been right. <laughs> you probably had this ten times. This is the first time I've seen you. Nah, for real though. <laughs> and the funny, the best part is this was actually a mistake. So I got this for free. So I don't even know what I'm tasting, but it's good. I want to say it looks like matcha. Looks like wow. I don't know. It's got cocoa in it. With, um, it's good. Can you do the shaking thing so we can actually hear that you know, the bubble stuff? Well, for ASMR stuff. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> that actually sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the lightest thing we're going to talk about today. We're going dark here, people. <laughs> we're going dark. You know Hereditary. What? Uh, that's the thing. Hereditary, I watched, I watched it yesterday. Mm. Just as a recap. And... Charles knows, before that, I watched Midsummer, and I mm. found that traumatizing. Then I watched Hereditary. <laughs> oh, man. oh, my goodness. What is Ari Aster trying to do to me? <laughs> so, it's, wait, so Ed, you've watched Hereditary, you've re-watched Hereditary, or this is the first, how many times First time, first time I watched Hereditary, yeah. Oh, wow, oh, okay. First time, and let me just say, as creepy as it was, Tony Collette was amazing she was great mm. and i remember when it first came out everyone was saying oh tony collette missed out on an oscar and everything i couldn't really relate because i hadn't seen the film now i fully agree 
Tony Collette should have definitely been at least nominated. She didn't even get nominated. Uh, Just I was a ask. complete snub. Oh, complete man. snub. So yeah. Well, I was trying to remember. I had to look it up because it's like, was this pre Get Out or post Get Out? And it was just after it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I think that would have made a difference. Well, no, I don't, honestly. But I was trying to piece it together because I feel like I watched Hereditary in the cinema when it first came out. In fact, I watched it as part of Sundance London. And I was like, Sports wow. Okay, amazing. cool. Sports and then. <laughs> but at the time, this is like pre. A24 elevated horror kind of becoming a meme of itself so at the time it felt super fresh and then in the years in between I've been like was that as good as I remember because I've got so much baggage now with like every A24 horror just trying to be hereditary yeah and then re-watching it I was like no this is still just as good as it was 100% I saw this film it was like marketed as like the scariest movie of wait of all time someone said I I yeah, I don't agree with that statement. <laughs> I mean, it's scary, but mm. it's not the scariest film I've seen. Like the scariest films I've seen are like the classics, like The Exorcist or stuff like from the A's, like The Thing. I find that so scary. Body gore, that kind of stuff is like really scary thing. But the supernatural stuff, aside from The Exorcist, mm. okay. I mean, what's the scariest film everyone's seen? So, are you saying The Exorcist for you, Charles? Mm, I'm going to say that for now. I think there's another one out there, but I probably repressed it by now. <laughs> <laughs> I probably buried it deep down. I watched Hellraiser recently, and I think that would have traumatized me if I'd seen that earlier in my life. Mm. I hear you. I hear you. What about you, Ali? What's the, what is the scariest film you've ever seen? Well, I think much like you were saying, Charles, like the things that I think are the scariest, if I watch them now, they probably wouldn't be, but mm-hmm. I watched them really, really young. So... I haven't gone back. It's not even a horror movie, I don't think. But I watched That's The actually... Devil's Advocate when I was like four. <laughs> and that horrified yes. me. And I feel like there are a few others like that. But again, I'll probably erase them from yeah, memory. Probably. It's so scary. You just forget about it. Like, nah, it didn't happen. <laughs> just going to put that on my list of films to avoid. <laughs> What's that? The ones right. you want to watch? What? <laughs> <laughs> Stop that now. Ed, what about you? What's no. your scariest? You know what? This in terms of I'm gonna split mine into two. So in terms of jump scares, probably Alien, the first mm-hmm. Alien. Like that film funny enough, I don't find it scary as in traumatizing or anything. Just it's proper thriller sort of there's all you just think something's always yeah. gonna happen. Like, who's going to die next? That sort of thing. But in terms of traumatizing experience where I just couldn't sleep much, I, I have to say it's probably one of the films we're going to talk about today, Midsummer. I just felt like I was just tripping that whole <laughs> film, man. Ah. I thought, have I taken something or what? What's going on? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. recommended. No. Because <laughs> there was nothing like terrifying in it in terms of you know there's a big monster or there's whatever but it's just a whole thing mm. just the visions they have mm. the anyway we'll get into it we'll get into it but go on then might as well start with hereditary <laughs> <That's the spirit>. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't find it as as scary as i would have thought though maybe maybe i've come of age i've come of age in the in the world of horror but um, hmm. 
Good film, I thought. As I said, Tony Collette yeah. was really good. That scene, with the head coming off. Oh. Which one? There are many heads come <laughs> off. Yeah, there are very many. There are a lot, actually. Charlie, Charlie's head coming <laughs> off. Charlie's head coming <laughs> off in the car. Oh. You know, Legit. something I realized Legit. when I was re-watching it, which I didn't realize before, was, you know, how he said that, like, lots of characters get decapitated. And obviously, like, the mm. thread through the film is about mental illness. And I was like, mm. oh, everybody's losing their heads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hold the phone. Surely that's intentional. There like, has oh. to be. And if it isn't, that's amazing still. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Ariasta because... He's he's all about underlying themes and all that. So yeah. Oh man, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now you mention it. <laughs> Do you know what I've really realized about that film? Like many many things I want to talk about, but like the first thing was, this family is very dysfunctional. <laughs> they don't communicate things, and that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. And um. that's why so many of the stupid things that happen happen throughout. Well, not stupid films, but things that could have been avoided because uh, such as first of all. Okay, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to one an example at the end because I watched it recently too. When he mm. wakes up after smashing his head, in which my days was painful <laughs> to watch. Oh, that scene, man! <laughs> Great, Great acting, acting by the way. But yeah. Yeah. but yeah, as he woke up, and then this was after the dad died by book burning. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping way into the story. We're gonna go. <laughs> All right, so it's the bit where he wakes up and he's walking around and he's like. Mom, where are you, Mom? Dad? Did it never occur to him to like turn on the light switch? Is this house like that have no electricity the whole time? <laughs> That's one thing. And as soon as you get any kind of instinctual that any, any instinct that tells you that something is going wrong, I don't know, you see a burnt carcass, I would leave. So many of the times I would just leave. I, this is I mean why would you go in <laughs> How many times have we said this? <laughs> Just leave. I mean, you know me. The faintest sign of any the, funny business. The first tingle at the back of I my spine. Out. I'm gone. <laughs> you know me, man. The first. The first. So I'm gone. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those clicks. The popping sound. The clicking popping sounds. Jeez. But is that not the real horror of the movie? Is that so? I see it as, and the whole like. The hereditary this is their fate this is like in their genes this mental illness like they can't escape what's inherent within them and like mm. down the bloodline so that's scariest so uh, this sounds crazy but i actually massively relate to this film <laughs> wait, wait, let, let us finish <laughs> end the episode now <laughs> Like, I can't believe it. So without getting too deep, like, I grew up in a family. My mom has, like, a lot of these mental illnesses in the film. And so childhood is, like, very scary for me. Mm. Um, And so the scariest thing in both Midsummer and Hereditary is, like, the Alex Mm. Wolf character, the the one person who he should trust the most and, like, feel safest with. He thinks he's going to kill him. And then in Midsummer, like, the one person she should be able to rely upon is the boyfriend. And he's, like, the least reliable person ever. And that, to me, is truly horrifying. It's, like, imagine being in the world and, like, no one and nowhere is safe. Mm. So, anyway, that's my little spiel. (laughs) Honestly, this film has has a lot of layers. Thank you for sharing that, Ali. This this has a lot of layers, Mm. honestly. 
I, I was thinking about the hereditary, how everyone except obviously the dad, because this, apparently he's, he's the healthiest person in the family, I think. I think like he yeah. reacts to things. He's still got his issues. He could have told... He, he, he is, is us. us. He, is he is us. us. But at the same time, the moment he got that phone call saying the, the grave was desecrated, <laughs> I was like, that's what you tell someone. But everyone keeps... They don't, no one communicates in this family. I've told you. That's the thing I realized. But everyone seems to be dealing with things in their own way. Like the um, Charlie, she cuts heads of pigeons. <laughs> For fun. Yeah. Like, you know what? I don't actually understand the relevance. Obviously, I get the imagery, the whole head coming off the pigeon thing, but what the relevance of that was to the rest of the well, film? Well, so I read something this morning, which I didn't realise watching the film, or like mm. it's hinted, but mm. Ari Aster has come out and confirmed it, is that Paymon is Charlie from the very first moment that we see her. Oh, from the first moment? Paymon. So you know at the very end where it says like, We've taken you from your defective female body and found you a male host. That's because mm. he was already in her the whole time. So when she's like yeah. cutting things off animals, that is Paymon. Oh, I see. Mm. I, I was I thought Paymon had to be a male host. That's the. I was thinking something similar as well, though. I was thinking that Charlie was the host, okay. and they were prepping her. And then she got her head taken off, and that put alterations in the plan. And that's when, um, yeah. what's her name? Nora, the girl, the woman who is part of the cult, approached her because oh, yeah. there was a change in plan. That's what I thought, but I might be remembering the order of things wrong. Fair enough. Yeah, that definitely explains that. Because I, I remember, I didn't even think about it until you brought it up, the pigeon thing. I was thinking, <laughs> what relevance does this have to anything? So that, that makes because sense then. That when the pigeon sense. crashes, well, I think it's the same bird that crashed into the window of the classroom. Uh, it's yeah. like she mm-hmm. made that happen because the teacher was like, Charlie, what are you doing? And then she gets angry and then the mm-hmm. bird flies. In. So it's almost like she made it happen with her Paymon mind. Ah, right. I thought that was just like a, a red herring thrown at us. It's like you're in a horror movie. Here's something creepy. doesn't relate to anything. But I guess it does. I guess it does. But also the dad, I think he's the worst character of all because he is meant to be a therapist. And <laughs> Until is... you told me that just now, I forgot he was actually meant to be a therapist. <laughs> and he's like, woman, you're crazy. I'm like, um, that's not great practice. <laughs> you don't start, you don't say the C word. You never say the C word. Imagine going to your therapist. Mm. You're crazy. When she yeah. was breaking it, when she was breaking it down <laughs> to him, what's happening is, like, and it all makes sense because we've been on the story through throughout, and we know that she's actually talking sense. But the way she was just, the way he was just acting the hell out of the scene, just looking at her like, I can't. Okay, until the last moment where they were at the fireplace and she was begging and pleading him, you gotta burn it in the fire, you gotta burn it in the fire, please, I can't, I'm scared, mm. I'm scared, I'm scared, I can't do it. Just to confirm, would the same thing have happened to him? If he threw the book into the fire. I reckon. I reckon so. Because he's the one person who doesn't share the blood with them. Yeah. All right, yeah. And that's why he couldn't become the host anyway. So that makes sense. That's a great scene, though, when she's begging him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, you're the love of my life. I'm like, why? <laughs> this guy's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I will say... This movie, this movie had a slow start. It had a slow start. There was a lot of, mm. you know, setting up of 
what the plot was going to be. There's a lot of things going on at the start where I thought yeah. I didn't really understand what was going on. And then I say the last act or the last third of the movie, that's when things really picked up. When, mm. well, actually picked up from when Charlie died. And mm. then you saw things beginning to happen. Her mum was having visions of the ants. That bit was creepy, man. The ants crawling uh, up yeah. and coming out of his face. Yeah. And yeah, the last act was really good. Really good. That's uh, something else I wanted to mention. There's like very smart jump scares in this, I think. Because they don't, some of the ones that I've seen, the one that I'm thinking about right now is one that's like the corner of the eye kind of like jump scare because they don't mm. put a lot of emphasis on it. It's when, um, I think it's the kid, um, what's the son's name again? I forgot. Peter. Uh, Peter, Peter, yeah. When Peter's sleeping and he wakes up and he sees Charlie, like faded. Oh no, I think I'm mixing up. That's another jump scare. But the first one I remember is the mom seeing the grandmother, I think, in the, in the, in the darkness in the corner of the room. And it's yeah. just so faint. But as, mm. as soon as the light goes on, gone. Subtle, but I liked it because I wasn't yeah. expecting to see it the way it was as well. But also, sound in this film. Oh my god, the sound design was amazing. The sound design like elevated the the tension you felt when there was like nothing, and there was just like a movement, like a gliding of someone. When the mother was on the on the top of the on the, on the top of the thing like a muscle. Uh, <laughs> She was banging her head against the door. Bro, that oh, yeah. lost my mind. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Yes. Ugh. Oh, that's horrible. That, oh, that bit where she was decapitating herself. Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> the first time I saw no that, reaction I didn't know on what her she face. Was. Just a deadpan expression. Like... <laughs> that was mad. That was just mad. Oh, God. That's why I said everything. That last act. Sheesh. Oh, and so when he crawled up into the treehouse, mm-hmm. that wasn't all a vision, was it? That was all real. All the all his all his grandma's friends who were randomly at the funeral. Remember, his mum was saying was think she hadn't seen these people before, yeah. but they were all in that treehouse for real. Okay. Because yeah. they were all naked outside then. <laughs> Just, really... Yeah, they were all naked outside around the treehouse. And he crawled up and then they, they were somehow all in there. I just... I, this is the thing I have in Ariasta films. I'm like, sometimes I'm watching it and I don't know what is actually happening and what is being hallucinated or what is a vision. Mm. It gets confusing at times. I was trying to watch it this time through a view of like, how can we prove that any of this is actually happening in the real world? Because, mm. you know, when Tony Collette's going to that group therapy session mm. and yep. she's talking about how, like, oh, my mum had DID and my brother, and that's, like, dissociative identity disorder, a.k.a., like, multiple personality disorder. Yep. My brother had schizophrenia. And so I was like, well, if she's inherited any of these conditions and then so has the son, how can we ever know for sure, like, What's just their perception? Mm. So is any of it supernatural? But there were definitely bits where I was like, this has to be happening in the real world, right? But then how do you know? How do you know that you're not going crazy? They could they could life of pious. Is that did any of this actually happen? <laughs> no, it's very psychological. I like this is what I like about this film. Like it, it makes you wonder what you're seeing is actually being real or it's being fed through a different kind of lens. Or I, I like things that do that. That's a, a, a similar film I, I saw recently. Um, Smile. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Ali. I have. Yeah. 
similar-ish to what you're saying. Kind of like you don't know because the way they show mental health in that as well, or how it kind of like sinks in with um the supernatural part. I like that because you know as the viewer, but date the the other people in the story. The sister in that story, she she don't care. Did you like Smile? Yeah, it had its moments, but uh, (laughs) it was good. It was good. I liked it. I had fun with it. Yeah, you you talked about it in the previous episode because you said you were. You said you liked it. I did, yeah. So, I still yeah. like it. Yeah. So a little side tangent. Uh, Ali, what's your opinion of Smile? I think it was too long. I really liked the opening. I thought that Australian actress, who's like her patient, who kind of introduces the doctor to the whole thing, I thought her mm-hmm. performance was incredible. Mm. And I thought like the marketing was really clever and the concept was really clever. And then it just lost me in the last third. <laughs> it was a very slow burn. And I was like, oh, it's clever because it's about mental health and it's about, like, the smile is the costume that we all wear when we go out and we're like, everything's fine, because she's like, everything's fine. But that was also, I was like, just turn the lights on. Yeah. Or, like, stop leaving your doors (laughs) ajar. Yes, it was these damn lights in these movies. (laughs) Just basically use your common sense. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. But that's another movie where they show... The people around her don't believe her, right? The sister, the mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, that scares me very much. The like yeah. idea of not being believed is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you better believe me if this happens to me. I'm just saying that. Like, you better believe. <laughs> I got you. I you got better believe. I got this on tape. He's gonna believe me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we've had this conversation now, so I'm ready. Yeah, you start yeah. acting up. I got you. Yeah, um, I won't return the favor. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but would you say, so, as you not in the business of comparing too tough, but which would you say is better, Hereditary or Midsummer? Or which had, which scared you more, which, you know, impacted you more? So I rewatched Midsummer this morning before coming on here. And having watched the both like pretty much back to back and I hadn't watched them mm. since they both originally came out, for me, Hereditary, as I say, like I feel a very personal connection to it. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. it's like presents all of those ideas really well and authentically to the point where I'm like, this is 100% Ariasta's real childhood because <laughs> otherwise it would not be this real. Um, so, yeah, it edges above for me. And I also think Midsummer. I don't know, I felt like it was too long as well. At the end, I was like, we get it now, just quit it. <laughs> it's just taking so long. You're prolonging the pain. It did have some yeah. timing issues, actually, because, by the way, that was for me, that was Florence Pugh's like, coming-of-age performance, because she was great in that. Uh, yeah, I think that's the first time I saw her. Yeah, yeah transformed from just, you know, regular American lady, and then turned into, what was it called? What was her name at the end when she wore the crown, all the flowers? I don't know, the flower queen? Yeah, the May Queen. The May Queen. May Queen. Yeah. For, so her transformation from that to that was just amazing to see how she played it out. Mm. Even started speaking Swedish at one point. I was like, fair enough, that's dedication. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that definitely impacted me more than Hereditary now, actually mm. speaking about it, because... I might have found Hereditary a bit more scary, just, you know, there's a lot of decapitation. But <laughs> Midsommar just, ah, why did it feel like it was so real? Like, this could actually happen 
I have a theory. It was less. Su- it was less. It was less supernatural than Hereditary. For me. I have a theory. The main differences I appreciate between these two films: one mm. is very dark, the other is very light, and they're both mm. fucked up. <laughs> they are yeah. both screwed up. I think the, the the light, the fact that it's so bright and it's daytime in midsummer, yes, that is what that disconcerts you because you think everything's cool. I think we also consciously think when the lights are on, nothing bad can happen. So when uh... stuff goes down in daylight. Like people falling off cliffs and losing their faces, <laughs> and then being finished up by the elders in white gowns. You don't think, "Oh, this is scary." You're like, "Wait, what?" But yeah. it's light out. See, Ed. So watching horror movies in the morning, it's not going to help you. You're not safe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that 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 is actually why Midsummer rattled me. Actually, because <laughs> it's just what you said. I thought mornings were safe, and it's what Charles said as well. It doesn't look like a horror movie. It's so bright, colourful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, when she was the May Queen, you're covered. If you just show someone a screenshot of that scene, wearing a nice flower crown and covered in a nice dress, it's like, yeah. oh, what Disney movie is this? <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no Disney. <laughs> no way. So that's what I think you've hit the nail. You both hit the nail on the head. Mm. It's daytime, and it just doesn't look like a horror movie. But it's so real for me mm-hmm. it was, that yeah. boyfriend I've oh, <laughs> dickhead. oh my god we've got to talk about that scene man we'll <laughs> get to that scene forever. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to that scene but we have to build up the bad this, this, this boyfriend because this boyfriend was a dick man this yeah. guy was not on being faithful to his woman or he does not support her at all nothing I was like why are they together this whole thing I felt so bad for her The most frustrating character in a movie that I can think of. Like someone that like I actually hate this person. Probably (laughs) I want only bad things for you in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So that means the actor did a great job. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or like in the beginning when he's like, um, oh yeah, I invited her, but don't worry, she's not gonna come. She's not gonna come. They're like, Okay, but you invited her and she said she's coming to Sweden. It's like, yeah, yeah, but she's not going to come. I'm like, how cowardly are you? Like, first of all, just break up with her. You want to break up with her? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, you know the the friend, the, so the Swedish friend who was part of the cult, who invited yeah. them there, yeah. he absolutely knew what was going to happen to them, right? 100%. Mm. You had to. See, that's the other thing. Like, you could meet that guy in real life and say, oh, he's cool. It's just, you know inviting us for a holiday. It looked like a, a group, a last trip, plus you know, the, the girlfriend and everything. Mm. It just looked like a normal holiday you go into. It's all bright. You're just chilling out under the tree. And then yeah. you just start, just weird things start happening. That's mm. why, yeah, that's why it, it just freaks me out so much. And uh, I all, so I was going to say, Ari Aster okay. films always have bad endings. Never oh, ever yeah, a it, happy ending. Evil always wins. <laughs> Evil always wins in his stories. Well, go ahead, Nari. Go ahead, Ali. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's got me. He's got me. That's kind of a happy ending. <laughs> I feel like it was a good... The boyfriend got what he deserved, and she was mm. the May Queen. Like, it's brilliant. Everyone's happy. This is not how breakups go, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it was scary because I don't know how consciously he wrote race into it probably quite consciously because i'm just like this is a whole sea of white people 
<laughs> all of you the first know. people to be killed off are the minorities. And then I'm like, this is like get out if it were through someone <laughs> else's perspective. <laughs> one by one. Oh, man. Like that British couple. I don't even know why they were there, really. As in, why even bother writing them in? But you know how they were... Do you even remember them if you haven't seen them in a while? Like, I haven't seen them in a while. Remind me, what did they do? Well, they just showed... It was like a girl and a guy, and they yeah. were from London. And basically, like, Pelé's brother brought them in because they all were, like, bringing in outsiders as offerings. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then the girlfriend was like, oh, where's Simon, the boyfriend? They're like, oh, he left on the early train already. And then that's when Florence Pugh's boyfriend is revealed to be, like, a total callous loser because he's like, oh, really? Oh, that sucks. And then moves on and then they just zoom in on Florence's face of, like, wow, you really don't care at all about you know, there's one scene that actually, it shouldn't be funny, but it makes me laugh. It's when, so they found a guy, he was pissing on a sacred tree, I believe it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, Will, wasn't yeah. it Will Poulter? Yeah, Will Poulter, he was yeah. pissing on the tree. Then they're all at the dinner table, and as soon as he was asked to step away, mm. just come <laughs> with me, I just knew he was finished. He's out. He's done. <laughs> Can you please come with me? Just come. We're not seeing that guy again. Oh, no, he's gone. <laughs> the next time we're going to see him, he's a piece of art. His whole body is a piece of art. <laughs> you see, the one who literally, they slice his face off mm. and stuck mm. it onto someone else. That was, yeah. I couldn't see that scene properly, but when I read up on the plot afterwards, I realised that that was what they did. But They kind of all had it coming. They were all horrible people. Damn, but to go out like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I keep thinking of this scene, like, how awkward must... I know they're all professionals, they're all actors and everything, but how awkward must it have been to film that scene where he was having sex with... Listen. The daughter, surrounded by all the women, they're making the same sounds as she was. Oh, my God. But that's going to be what it's like to film any intimate scene on a movie set because you're going to be surrounded by, like... I thought that was quite meta because you'd be surrounded mm. by that many crew. Mm. That's maybe a, not. I didn't think of that, you know. That's a different way of seeing it. You know what? You might have just given us a bit of therapy in how to deal with that scene. It was quite traumatized. <laughs> yeah, because, to be honest, the first time I saw that... I wasn't sure if I downloaded the right Midsummer because it didn't fit to what I it was going to be. <laughs> but then I was like, nah, that she kind of does. That she kind of does. This is exactly what I expect from Ari Aster. <laughs> and, I was just, and I think after that point, that's when I messaged you, Nana, to watch this film. <laughs> or at least you I mentioned to me. You did this to me. And I think I mentioned, I was like, bro, there's no other film I've seen like this. <laughs> Where they filmed this is no... No, yeah. honestly. To be honest, I was so in, I was so intrigued by that scene, and I, I read up afterwards the actor who played uh, Ali's favorite character, the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, "You know what? In Hollywood, we see you know, for the majority, for the most part, we see naked women in intimate scenes a lot, and mm-hmm. it's, it's about time we saw a guy. He was the one who was, I guess, embarrassed, is what he said." So he, he was he was cool with it. He was just said, you know what? We've never seen something like this happen with a guy on screen, and he was just up for it. So I thought, fair enough, because fair enough, man. Uh, I needed some closure. 
Have either of you seen um, Rosemary's Baby? Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, Baby. I know the name of that, but I don't think I've seen that. Film. I haven't. No. Well, it's um, it's worth watching, even though it's like Roman Polanski, and he's officially cancelled. Oh, he's, he's beyond cancelled these days. <laughs> but there's a scene in that. In fact, both Hereditary and Midsummer, I see like massive um, references to Rosemary's Baby, in but there's a. Yeah, that scene is very reminiscent of a particular scene that happens oh. to the woman in that. So it's like turned on okay. its head. You know, I'm a, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for like referential stuff, Ali. So I'm probably going to watch this, but I'm not. I'm not happy that has Roman Polanski behind it. it. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. It's like you can mm. separate the work from the jerk, as they say. There you go. All right. <laughs> you my you. blessing. Is it? Is it? And it's definitely. Is it horror? Is it? It is, but it's well. I feel like you don't like satanic stuff, Ed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back devil. (laughs) So yeah, maybe maybe not. I don't find it scary personally, but it's yeah, pretty deep within that genre. (laughs) Okay, Um, I will take the bullet for you, Ed. You don't have to, so it's cool. Thank you. Your sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Your sacrifice will go unnoticed. <laughs> but honestly, these these two movies just so trippy. I mean, mm. as you said, I I love the contrast you used, Charles, where you said one of them looks like a happy film, but it's not, and it's still messed up, and the other one looks like you know a more starter pack horror film. <laughs> That's what I think you've you put the nail on the head. That's what freaks me out most about Midsummer. So yeah, mm, there you go. Mm. No place is safe. In terms of like, because he's made those two features. Did you mm. see things that connected the two worlds? Like, did you think that the films are related? I saw similarities in the art styles. So mm. I, you know, sometimes you watch films and you can tell this is a Nolan film or this is a Spielberg film. Actually, maybe not Spielberg's. Maybe like a, a Raimi film. Yeah, yeah. So stylistic choices for sure, like certain camera angles and, you know, the way scenes are shot. Where they transition. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see any story points connecting them, if that's what you're referring to. Yeah, I was wondering, I need to look at it again, but in Hereditary, you know, the kind of embroidered floor what do you call it? Like an entrance mat at that Jones yeah. house. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, embroidery yeah, yeah, yeah. looked very midsummer to me, but mm. I don't know. It was an intentional choice. But yeah, definitely the camera angles. Both films they have a car driving down the road, and then the camera turns so, yeah. until it's upside down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's in both films. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and then I noticed that he has girls with names that could be boys' names: Charlie and Danny. Oh, ah. Danny. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because we, no. we, with these things, you, you you never know if it's intentional or if it's just you know coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Sense, yeah. yeah. for sure. So we're saying what Arias has probably got a, a cinematic universe. What is it with everything in cinematic universes these days? <laughs> uh, I'd say the only similarity I can see is just. That evil always wins. Like no one really. Oh yeah. 
well, just a lot of people are going to suffer, and you're never going to feel like it's completely resolved. <laughs> like, there was mm-hmm. one thing about Hereditary, just one more point. I almost didn't think that Peter was um, Charlie at the end. I thought he was like, just after dealing with all of this, mm-hmm. after seeing your mom decapitate yourself with the wire, and then see this new guy and the other girl in the corner, in the corner just show up out of nowhere, smiling at you, and you just dive out the window, which is exactly what I would have done if I'd gone that far in the movie. Would would I have the brain capacity to deny what's happening right in front of me? If this oh. satanic, I'd be like, I'm so tired. I would actually just be like staring at the camera too, the invisible camera, because I'm so shocked. I'm so tired. So I almost oh. didn't think it was Charlie inside the body. That's why I thought it was kind of like open-ended, if that oh. makes sense. Yeah, it's like his experience was so traumatic that it caused his brain to like fracture or his yep. sanity just imploded. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And the hits, the hits on the head to the table wouldn't have helped. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that scene was great. That scene was great, and I think well, I don't remember the actor's name, but Alex Wolf. He's gone on to do. There you go, Alex Wolf. Yeah. He's gone on to do really. Good things since he's obviously the face of Jumanji now, right. or well, one of them. Well, one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's he's gonna to do. I think that scene, that film, really elevated his career. So I was, mm. I was happy for him there. Looking forward to his future projects because he's a really good actor. Yeah, for sure. You both, if you haven't seen his um, band that he had with his brother Nat Wolf when they were little kids. <laughs> I'm going to oh, send you a link. He's in a band. <laughs> I'm going to send you their music videos after this. It's the cutest thing. <laughs> They're child stars. That's why I think he's so messed up. <laughs> and he's, I'm seeing, he's, he's only 24. So he's got the, he's got a lot of, a lot ahead of him. To, um, so he's he's going to do well, for sure. Uh, there was one more thing we have to discuss, Ali, because I know Ed, I didn't make Ed watch this because I know he wasn't going to. I've got enough. I've got, <laughs> yeah, I've got right. enough horror. I've got enough horror out of him for the year. It's I'm glad we could work. establish that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> rest easy, rest easy. Um, there's something about the John. Something strange about the Johnsons. I didn't get to watch it yet. No, <laughs> Ali, no. But I there's really, really strange want about to. the Johnsons. What's so strange about the Johnsons? <laughs> Arias is mad into his own taboos. He's talking about taboos in like an early his early career, talking to his friends about it, and he found he made a short film about it. It's family, so it's a mother, father, and a son. Yep. Now the son is starts with the son. He's finding himself in the morning, as teenagers like to do, apparently. And um, the dad comes in, and he's like, "You don't have to feel embarrassed about this. You can talk to me about this stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, dad. All right, all right." He leaves the room. What he was using was a picture of his dad as a younger man. Oh my goodness. Wow. And what follows in the years to come, it gets darker and he gets a lot more obsessed with his dad. I'm putting this very lightly, but imagine this is Ari Aster at his youngest. Okay, so he's going in. It's very traumatic, scary stuff. He the dad is basically being taken advantage of by the son. Oh, and it's My dark goodness. and it's twisted. And the ending, I would say it's the happiest ending we've seen from Ari Aster, which is saying a lot. Even <laughs> Relative. <laughs> Relatively. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Watch it at your own peril, but my goodness, it's dark. And Ali, please let me know what you do. Watch it. <laughs> I know I'm going to love it, Charles, so I'll watch it straight <laughs> after <Yeah. this. laughs> 
No, Ari Aster's only 36. What? Man, he's been through some stuff, man. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I hope he's okay, because, man, nah, I don't know how much he's separating the art from, from real life, but damn. Nah, he's a fantastic. I think he's a fantastic filmmaker, I think. I think he's oh, got 100%. He's got a lot more in him to show, and just it's going to be great. And A24, with A24 behind him, oh my God, A24 barely miss nowadays. A24 are going good. I think. A24 oh, are really built up their reputation. It's, it's actually amazing. Mm. Charles is reading my face. They've been some misses for Ali. Ooh. What, 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 what are A24's misses? Did you not like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? Well, see, I haven't watched that one, and so I'm probably being needlessly judgmental, but there are ones where I'm like, I'm just not even going to bother watching that. You know, I feel like they've gone too far. It's become just like everything is a meme. Have you seen Humans? I don't remember if it was The Humans or Humans. Humans as in the TV show or is it a film? No, it's an A24 movie, and I had Stephen Yeun in it. And it had oh. Beanie Feldstein in it. And I was like, this is going to be my favorite movie. Um, humans, humans. No. And it's a family yeah. drama and it seems really promising and it's based on a play, but it's like they kind of tried to make it a horror when it wasn't a horror at all. It was just a drama. And then they tried to put in like jump scares and I was just like, oh. they just oh, gone right. too far. But I don't know. Yeah, I have a probably an unfair grudge against some of that content. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, listen, there's no A24 slander allowed in the year of one of the best, probably their best film, <laughs> Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. All at once. Okay? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Please like tell that. me you've seen that. I like that. There you, you only liked. <laughs> oh. It's okay, man. It's not negative. <laughs> yeah, but there's a level above liked, and that's loved, which most people must must love this film <laughs> no film is not subjective you must hey, love hey, sit down sit down <laughs> sit down all right i'm backing up i'm backing up i did love it at the time i watched it in the cinema and like literally everyone around me was sopping so i was like this is clearly a really powerful movie mm. i don't know i just feel like they're hitting me over the head all the time with like the mother-daughter thing yeah, that, I mean, that was really well done. I thought Michelle Yeoh was always incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was a bit zany maybe for me. At the time, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I really like that. I don't know if I remembered it as fondly. <laughs> there were bits where it got Looney Tunes as hell, but like R.A. Looney Tunes. But I liked mm-hmm. that. It worked for I me. Really I, really, 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 I really enjoyed that. For me, like, simply put, everything, everywhere, all at once is what happens when you allow people to realize their creativity in Mm -hmm. maximum capacity. So that's what I celebrate most about this film. It's not perfect, you know, even coming from me, that's that's a lot, saying a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, man, as you said, it does get loony-toony at times, right? (laughs) And you you remember me telling you that rock bit? It's too long. Yeah, Yeah, okay. It's too long, man. I remember you saying that. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Too much reading on the screen, all right? Get back to it. That's the only scene I was like, all right, I get it. And that's probably what you what you're referring to. <laughs> I actually like the rock bit. You know, actually, mm. they kept going back to the same universes too many times. It was almost like they had a set amount of time and a set amount of budget. I would have almost wanted to see like five more different universes. You know, that's asking mm. a lot. 
by the kept going back to that hot dog one. I was like, I've seen this already. Yeah, sorry, I got tired I'm being really one. grumpy. Yeah, uh, no, no, I got tired of hot dog one too. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree. You're right. Like, yeah, in terms of mm. unique artistic visions, then they're doing it like no one else is. Oh, yeah. so. Like that's that's the thing I celebrate about it the most. It's like these you can tell these people have some crazy ideas and the mm. studio let them do it, and I was celebrating that. Um, talking about Ariasta, his next film looks quite promising for one main reason. It has the man Joaquin Phoenix, so it's oh. called Disappointment Ooh. Boulevard, Ooh. and it's coming out next year. It's a drama horror, obviously, and right. yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. And it's got James Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini. Oh, cool. Interesting. That's nice. interesting that it's a horror because I listened to an interview with Ari Aster a while back and he said that he hates horror. Oh, hell <laughs> out. No way. I've mastered this. It's boring to me now. He says, like, oh, I never want... Well, do we believe him? Probably not, because he clearly references loads of horror movies in his mm. movies. He's like, I never wanted to make horror. I just knew that if I wanted to make, like, a straight down the line family drama about trauma. No one would give me the money to do it, which is also probably true. That is true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That reminds me of something I heard about Joker around the time that it came out that Todd Phillips wanted to make a movie about mental health or mentally ill, mentally ill person, but they yeah. said that the best way to do that would just be to market it as a superhero film. <laughs> so they just added Joker <laughs> on top of it, and then they said, "Okay." And it works. That sounds about it right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Have you both seen She-Hulk? Yes. <laughs> yes, we're going to chop that just come on. Is everyone here up to date? Oh, of course, I'm up to date. You, know, you uh, know the rules, Charles. When it comes to superhero things, no matter, no matter the quality, we must watch it. We've watched Green Lantern, so we must watch She-Hulk. Have you seen the last episode, though? I've seen the last yes. episode. Yes. Probably, probably the best episode of the series. That's what I said too. Yeah. But, okay. Daredevil. The first, we've got to talk about Daredevil first thing. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have said that to everyone who hasn't seen uh, She-Hulk yet. This is why I wanted to ask you both about it. Because I was like, as soon as I saw I was like, I need to text Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked the episode. The whole like- series is... Yeah. <laughs> Hit and miss. As a, as a whole, that's the, that's the best thing I can say. Hit and miss. Yeah. Each episode's a hit and miss, but um, yeah, that was a good episode, and I liked how they made him so much more acrobatic. That's probably my favorite thing I saw. It's mm. like he's, that bit where he did the Matrix lean back. I was like, okay, yeah. he's got moves. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's been doing Pilates. <laughs> yeah. He said to lean like, back. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he did though <laughs> but yeah I I mean, I enjoyed that episode his costume mm. yeah I kind of liked the, the old red yeah I even preferred the black one you know the black one in season yeah. 3 oh my gosh he was being down King Pit he looks so badass man but that was not really a costume the, though that's just some no, guy no with the ropes though with the ropes that was so hardcore that was. I don't know if I can call that a costume, man. That's just some <laughs> guy wearing. He's wearing his hoodie around his head, and I don't know, man. If he walked up to you, you would, and you had to report what you saw. What would you say? He was wearing a hoodie. Or would you say he was wearing a goddamn costume? And that would actually yeah, be the most terrifying of all. If someone walked up to you like that in the street, 
Oh, yeah. I like scarier. I like the grittiness of the costume for sure, but mm, I, I can't call it. A, I even call the costume there. I like the grittiness <laughs> of his outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I can't call it. Co- I mean, come on, there's no, there's no pizzazz, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a double health kitchen. But anyway, yeah, I, I I do prefer the season two one. Um, obviously, I think it's the most. I like the red one most, mm. but in terms of this new one. I wasn't on board until I found out why the colors are the way they are. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I wasn't going to go like, it's just because it's comic book accurate. I like it. I, I kind of wanted to actually like it because it's actually something I like, not just because of that reason. But the reason why, you know why the reason, the reason behind the colors. Yeah, the, the comic. The colors are representative of his dad's boxing colors. Ah. The colors he used to wear this boxing career, yellow and, and red. So yeah, okay, all right, fine. I like that reasoning. Yeah, I didn't love the shape of the helmet, but my main issue mm. was that they just treated Matt like a piece of meat, and I'm like, he's better than that. They cheapened <laughs> the Daredevil with that one night stand, with that walk of shame. Mm-hmm. That wasn't thought, needed. I agree. You? The walk of shame was not needed. <laughs> that wasn't. It wasn't needed. I think it works only because in this sitcom thing, if they had done grittiness, it wouldn't have worked. I felt like a backdoor pilot to what Daredevil might be in this series. However, I'm going to lie, I was cracking up when I actually thought... They, when he actually went ahead with it, and they went back to the room and he just saw the, their feet and the costumes, like, they're really doing this. There's no going yep. back from this. And the walk of shame? The walk of shame. And you know what? I will say this. I think Daredevil's been one of the characters everyone's been looking forward to appearing in the show especially lately because some of the previous episodes have been subpar. That's just my Mm. opinion. And I think, yeah, the majorities. But I was scared about how they're going to portray Daredevil because of what they did with Kingpin. They absolutely clowned him out. He was, no, I can't, I'm not talking about it, but they (laughs) they made him a clown. And I was scared Daredevil was going to follow the same route, but it was much better than what they did with Kingpin. I'll say that. Mm. So, yeah. It was one of those things where I think the writing on this show is still bad, but his delivery is just so good that it elevates oh, yes. so the source good. material. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that's exactly what it is. My ass remains unwhooped. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Cox, he was really good as... Um... Oh, you didn't like that line, Charles? I didn't like... That, that was my first spoiler. <laughs> no, 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 I did not not like it. It was my first spoiler before I watched the episode, so I just remember it with bad memories, you know, I'm like... I wanted to be surprised by that line as well. I actually like that line. It's like my ass, my ass remains unwhooped <laughs> when you're standing on the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, so they're leaning. In. I didn't know he was going to be comedic, but I, I wanted to see it first time around. That's it was cool. one quick, just one. I saw so many people crying after the preview. Everyone was crying. They've made him a clown. He's a comedian now. It's yeah. Like, it's not one line. Ah. <laughs> Man, yeah, but, I agree yeah. with these people. Yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> and oh, I'll, I'll ask you one last thing because this is Charles and I's. We just love this film, man. Mm. Uncut gems. Since we're talking about A twenty four. Oh yeah. Like or hate? Oh love. Oh, love. So, oh, so there are films you do love. Okay. Yeah. I see. Uncut gems. I'm glad we can all agree. Oh good. Great film. Adam Sandler's best performance. Hundred yeah, percent, Mr. Macklin for sure. Yeah, 
There's a, <laughs> on YouTube, if you look up the Safdie brothers and Ariasta, there's like a round table. I think it's like an hour and a half of just the three of them mm. in conversation. That's quite entertaining. Very gonna, nerdy. It's going to be my post podcast watching then, since there I'm not go. watching you guys' horrors. Mm. Also, are you both wearing the same hoodie? <laughs> mine has a zip. Yours doesn't. <laughs> um, mine is better quality. <laughs> Yours is just in 1080p. I'm in 720. <laughs> oh, that's another thing I noticed in Hereditary. <laughs> this is so random, but she's wearing an orange hoodie, right? And mm-hmm. then in Nope, that's like a, another iconic orange hoodie. So it's oh, like yeah. if you buy an orange hoodie, you've got a few good Ooh. Halloween costumes. Oh, you know what? That's a good shout because I, I need a Halloween costume soon. <laughs> and Nope. Um, Orange is the colour of pumpkins, which is a mm-hmm. Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no? Yes, yes, no. I'll, I'll take that. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. He's learning, he's learning. He's, he's learning horror. <laughs> We're going to make his own horror now. It was an orange jump. Those English literature lessons in school came in handy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Subtext. Indeed. Well, yeah, I guess this has been us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ali, for coming back and... Yes, making me you, embrace you. horror once more. Oh, yes. I'm getting better. I am getting better. So you're brilliant. Yes. Yeah. See, you're learning. Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah, there. Look at him. Look at him. By the way, for those listening, this is our first ever episode where we could actually see each other. So Charles, I've confirmed he's a real person. <laughs> Unless God. this is state of the art CGI. So whoever created Charles. Please, please go to She-Hulk and make them better. I can't so. tell if Charles's video is frozen <laughs> or... <laughs> you had me for a second. You had me. That jumped here. That was really scary. <laughs> and until next time, we are out. Peace. Thank you, guys. That was really fun. <laughs> <laughs>